My name is Mark Copes. I'm Eddie Baxter. And this is... Coffee time. Coffee's in Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Copes. Good morning, Copes. With, uh, it's going to be a bit different today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready. Had my ready. had my power poo before starting. My body is so attuned that even the smell of coffee triggers all fight or flight reactions, mostly the fight flight reaction from my bowel. And I did it super quick, and that's not why I was five minutes late. Well, I mean, if, if it means you're probably in good shape if you're on if you're that regular. I mean, it was a good shape, so yeah, it was pretty good. It was a good shape, wasn't it? Cool. Also, was a hero this morning when I woke up. I was ready to fight the world. We've been watching a lot of. Um, do you ever get in phases where you like to watch um, end of the world movies? Uh, I can't. I can't say I do, but oh. I, I have seen them in the past. Okay, I, can't well, say po- I go get in space with them. But. Oh, apocalyptic alien end of the world. Just go through phases. And so, yeah. last few nights watched The Quiet Place Two. That was good. That was good. And that's the one where these aliens have invaded and they can, they're highly sensitive to hearing things. So they have to not say anything and they have to walk around on sand and any, any noise you make triggers them. That's got the guy from um, the office, the the funny young bloke from the office. He's, uh, what's his name? Krasinski? John Krasinski. That's the one. He's like- It's wrong. It's not getting into the edit. (laughs) Writer, director, the lot. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh, no, I won't give it away. No, great. (laughs) Definitely won't give it away. And then we watched, uh, what did we watch last night? We watched The Tomorrow War, which is on Amazon Network. And that's got uh, Chris Chris Pratt. Is he the Guardians of the Galaxy guy? Yeah, it's got Chris Pratt in it. We got that one, right? And so this morning I woke up and it was a bit dark in the kitchen and there was an alien on the floor, otherwise known as a cockroach. And- it looked just like the aliens in the movie. I'm not. You obviously sound like you're just a man as me. So I did what any man would do as he was making his coffee ready for his podcast. I got a stir fire container, put it upside down on the cockroach, put a heavier object on top of that, and left it. Came to the office, and hopefully we saw it by the time I left here because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> you, you mean you've left a booby trap for now? In the <laughs> That's it. I hope, I hope he doesn't kick it over, but. Uh, what, what, do, what, I mean, what are your, literally, what is the best outcome for this? That she ignores it? Because what, in my head, what's going to happen now? What, if I walk into the kitchen and I see something in the middle of the floor, my, my reaction is going to be, hmm, I wonder why that's there. I'll just pick it up. Yeah. Well, that's why I've got a clear container. This is the method to my madness. But cockroach is like. I back you up on the cockroaches thing. Cockroaches are horrible and I, I cannot stand them. I can't be near them. How'd they get in? I've got baits everywhere. I've got my own booby traps because to catch them. Because they wiggle in there through the. Fi- oh, wait, isn't this is this time where we bring up the uh, all the old wise tales about how if there's one cockroach, that means there's actually a lot more. You'd I don't need you to, to say that. One. I don't need you to tell me to clean up my room or those clothes. I need to pick up. I don't think that's the problem. The problem probably is that they're inside the walls. Oh dear. Let's Can I tell you about when there was a wasp nest above my office? Oh, that sounds fun. I I was just at work, and I was just like. Normally the light bulbs buzz a little bit, which annoys me. I think it doesn't most when it's like humid. I assume something somewhere is not quite as as is designed as it should be. So there's usually a little buzz or something. I often ignore it by having some music on. 
And then one day I just noticed there was a slightly different buzzing noise from mm. somewhere that wasn't a light fixture. And I thought, that's a bit odd. And then it got louder. And then the next day it was a little bit louder. And then, it, and then after a while, I suddenly thought, hmm, I think actually there might be something in living in the attic. Oh, no, not in the attic, living just in the loft, in the, between the, the ceiling and the floor above, uh, which it took me a surprisingly large amount of time, like several hours to think, I wonder if I can, you know, I could probably go outside and see what it is. As opposed to just imagining, oh, I, I, like thinking in my head, I, it was just this big hive of some horrible nasty that was going to just burst out of the ceiling at any point. It never occurred to me, they probably have a way in, which was, uh, yeah, went outside and saw straight away, yep, there's a hole there with wasps coming in and out of it. So uh, You need a stir fry container. Well, uh, well, we just got some wasp uh, foam for it or something. And uh, then and then it wasn't noisy anymore. Because mm, they were dead. Yep, they were all dead. Dead, 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 dead. Wasp foam. I like the idea of that. Well, I I remember having, uh, is it Raid? Is the cockroach spray? Mm. Does that sound familiar? Sound I remember like having that. some of that on hand when we lived down under. Is that not really a thing where you are, England? I think it is here, but like we don't need it for cockroaches because cockroaches aren't a problem here such a common thing here there's the milk and then next to the milk is the raid <laughs> now whereas here it's more for wasps but that's because when you live in the uk not everything is trying to kill you although that's the other thing here we're using insect spray for wasps which are actually you know, which could do you a bit a bit of a nasty mm-hmm. okay one wasp thing is more of an inconvenience than anything else but if there's a wasp like a wasp nest in your house that's that's bad news mm-hmm. whereas in australia where you have Many things that can literally kill you. Your main concern is I don't want this cockroach in my house. Cockroach, which is not going to do anything harmless. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. May make a crunch sound. But some of them fly. I'm glad I didn't. It's well worse than this. What's your position on frogs? I quite like them. Oh well, I don't. It depends. But I I wouldn't like to be surrounded by uh, mm. is it bullfrogs or bull toads that you got in Australia? Well, cane toads, yeah. Cane like toads, I, that's the one. Did uh, Did you ever watch the the infamous documentary while we here about cane toads in Australia? I did not. No. In 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 high school, like every person watches it, and it's about like this invasion of cane toads from the east to the west, like on the north of Australia, and it's like this. Uh, I think they were introduced to. Introduced to Australia to get rid of a pest in the crops or something, kind of like how rabbits were, I think. But cane toads are slightly different. And I guess whenever I was in high school, which seems like a million years ago, but um, this documentary that we all watch and it's like the impending apocalypse, be warned, do something about this. And it's just this flood of cane toads that are gradually making their way across the country. And they're just absurd. Like you'll see them driving. (laughs) They're huge. They're like massive things. And they're all like got, I don't know, their toxic alien slime or whatever these cane toads have that kill <laughs> animals. But they're huge. And like hitting it with a car would be like going over a speed bump. And so there's like footage of, they have just um, seasons where they go out and try and collect as many as they can and get rid of them humanely um, in a bag. <laughs> but like people will be driving and they'll just try and hit as many as they can to get, there's just, Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of them everywhere. And there's incentives for kids to like 
collect as many and if they get 10, they get a free icy pole at school, like weird stuff like that. It's just <laughs> a problem. Kane Toad, don't Google it. I'm definitely on an alien kick at the moment. I mean, there's not been that many films out recently, so I don't know how, where you're finding all of these. Yeah, well, Netflix, all these streaming services, they're all making their own movies these days, and I'm pretty okay with it. Pretty okay. You're not going out to cinema. When was the last time you went to a film house? I went to watch Tenant, and that was way at the start, and that was pretty much the that only movie. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, that movie was about 10 hours long, so we did get our fair share. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Oh, yeah, I saw it when it was in cinemas, yeah. What was your opinion of it? I thought it was really good, but Nolan, Nolan has done a lot better in the past. Okay. Although yeah. Robert Pattinson was an absolute standout performance, I think. Yeah. Mainly because I had no, like, it wasn't until his name came up the credits, so it all clicked that it was him. I was like, that was incredible because I just couldn't tell who it was. It's great when a character can break their uh, their stereotype. It was, it's also like when they're in in that role, they are not an actor playing a role. They just become that person. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what came across very well from this film, where the it was all put together very well. The main criticism I have, which I think a lot of people have, is that there's some dialogue which is just incoherable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You just cannot hear some bits of it. There was, I'm sure there were some very important plot points which I kind of glossed over because I'm just going, I can't hear it over that boat engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was better than the main character. I didn't really fancy much of the main yeah. character. but um, The main character seemed to have, uh, whose name I, I don't remember any of their names. It was no. a while ago we saw it. But the, the film in general seems to have, uh, it's one of those films where the main character doesn't really have many personality traits or much to them yeah i think that's more so that we can place the ourselves on them yeah i think at the detriment he's pretty generic yeah yeah he's he's someone who's experiencing this themselves and that's how we we the viewer are experiencing it is through them so yeah. therefore the less about that character that happens is the, the easier the more diverse it is it's like the doom computer character he's just this vessel that you the insert yourself <laughs> the doom guy yeah what has been happening in your world? The main thing that I've been up to since we last spoke, because uh, we released last episode at the end of July, didn't we? Sounds we about recorded right. some time before that, and then it took me ages to edit it because life happened. Um, I've been spending a lot of my time up and around in the lake, in the Lake District. Could be worse places to go. The air, same area I put, took you, yeah. yeah. Well, I, if you remember that when... When I took you, well, say took you, when we went to the Lake District together, one of the things that we did whilst we, or I did while we were there, was I did a nearly 50 kilometer race. Yeah, this part isn't a we. This is part is a you. This part was, wasn't me. You, you, yeah. you, 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 you all just, all just waved me off at the start, like, bye bye, we'll see you later. And I then had no idea. Later, you, yeah, I was, I would not be prepared. Up. Yeah, anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, I was not prepared. Anyway, this was a slightly different race. This was the, uh, the Lakeland 50 which uh, is not 50 kilometers. This one was 50 miles, mm. which uh, is also, not only is it 50 miles, it's the second half of the full course. So I did the half distance. I'm doing a quick conversion. 50 miles is 80 kilometers. That is a lot more than I thought. <laughs> it is 80. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a really long way. That's in a race. Jesus. So I spent some, some fair amount of time traipsing across the Lake District God, any case, you're like going across the Lake District. Like, how many? How big is yep. the Lake District? Uh, it's 
less than 50, well, no, less than 100 miles across. I can tell you that because this 100-mile course basically goes around. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it is a lap. It's a lap over the steep bits. It doesn't go all the way around because then you'd be on the flat bits. The reason I was entering the 50... Because you are mad. Because I have a problem. Not only that, but also if... One of the ways to qualify for the 100 is to get around the 50 in under 16 hours. So you have the time limit for the 50 is 24 hours. If you manage it under 16, then that would be a qualifying time for you, for them to say, we'll let you attempt the 100. Yeah, they've got insurances that they want to keep their excesses down. Well, like, so the 100 has a time limit of 40 hours and starts at 6 p.m. on the Friday, which means that you go, quite a lot of people go through two nights of it. So you start at 6 p.m. in the evening, so you've got like uh, four and a bit hours of daylight at the start, so you're, it's going to be dark at some point in that race. And so, like, when you're in Lakes District, can you just, like, run into a and b for one of those nights? You're not allowed. You're allowed to do whatever you want, but you're not allowed to go into any shops or anything. So you could, you can stop and sleep at a checkpoint if you want, but it's, it, and I think, I'm sure some people do, because that way you stave off the hallucinations. But um, oh, most people will just push on until they get there. So f- wait, for wait. me... You won't stop. You won't sleep. A lot of people won't, no. Is this Navy SEAL training? What's going on? <laughs> no, it's just that you've got 40 hours to go 100 miles, which is quite a lot. Well, actually 105, because for some reason they can't measure it. Um, so you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to go in that time. So if you stop and sleep, like oh, you've got true. a choice of like, well, I don't know, you could like stop for half an hour or something, or maybe an hour and get a little bit of sleep. But that's going to add on to your time. That's now half an hour. You don't have to finish the race. So you might as well just keep on pressing on and keep on moving because one of the most dangerous things you can do on this kind of race well no so the most actually dangerous is getting lost or like not looking where you're going or something but as opposed to what can kill your race and stop you from finishing is if you stop and if you stop for too long if you stop for a little bit to have a nap then that can turn into a bit longer and then a bit longer and then suddenly mm, you've true, been true. still for two and a half hours and then you next minute you're getting a fried breakfast and you know yeah and then you've got to go to the toilet. And yeah, have coffee, coffee so, poo. Yeah, I get it. And then, you, and then your legs don't work. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, for those of us who are on the 50, we started at 11 o'clock the next morning, which meant that for most of, well, basically the entire course, actually, some people who were doing the 100 had already gone past where the 50 started. Uh, some people hadn't caught up yet. And that meant that we were seeing a lot of people who were on the 100 who, as the time went on, got less and less coherent. Because the weird thing to think was, we'd wave them off, like, watch the start of the race the day before, like, wave them off, going, yeah, clapping and cheering them on. And you see this big, just horde of people run up the hills, which is one weird thing was, it's the first time, like, I've been near a crowd in two ah, years. Ah, true, yeah, yeah. And then the next day, we're there trying to, like, a whole day's gone by as far as weeks, and we'd gone to bed, gone out for dinner, or like, got up gone to the race briefing, driven to the race start, like messed around. I've gone for, I've gone to the toilet three times and I'm wondering if I need to go again. And then, and then you're still thinking like, you seeing, seeing people on the hundred running past and it's odd to think at that point, they've been going since we, since that time they started yesterday, like they have not stopped. You know, I had that similar thought when we, you know, you started your race and then, you know, we saw you afterwards. And then my next immediate thought was like, I wonder what I'm going to eat for dinner, for lunch. <laughs> so I feel you. So they've been going for uh, 17 hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Overnight. A lot of them wouldn't have slept for over 24 hours. And this is what you're hoping 
to do next. This is what I'm hoping to get into. (laughs) When I was going around uh, about halfway through this time, I was thinking, thank. So I didn't. I didn't manage it in under 16 hours. I should say because ah, but didn't. No, well, by the time we started, or by the time I started, the target had very much been adjusted. Training in COVID world doesn't go great. Mm. My uh, the one of the races I'd filled in to be able to do a longer distance was meant to happen in January. It happened in May instead, um, and then I had various injuries over the Christmas stuff. So like training hadn't gone well up until this point. It'd gone okay, but not very well. Mm-hmm. So I'd revised the target from doing it in sixteen hours to it was now finish it was going to be the longest distance i'd ever done it was probably going to be the longest time i'd ever done and so it was just just get to the finish line and that'll be good i did it overall in 19 hours oh that's achievement but when when it started to become obvious i wasn't going to finish in in quick enough there was a point of very much i'm glad that's the case now because i do not think i could do the 100 next year (laughs) going up some hill that felt like it was never it wasn't probably wasn't even that high but it just kept on going on and on and i'm just thinking to myself i'm not ready to do twice this there's probably a yeah a relief of uh well at least i'm not that dumb yeah well i mean there's part of it when you, you're going along and you're like i could could i've done it in 16 hours maybe but there was probably a little bit in my mind going do you know what if you just go a little bit slower you don't have to do the 100 next year <laughs> i could sabotage myself where was I? So people have been going for ages. So when we're starting, we start off with a little loop and then we're back on the 100 course. And we're either passing people doing the 100, some of the, every now and then some of them go past you, more likely the other one. But um, some of them are very chatty, some of them aren't. And it, it was just feeling very odd to be in a race with someone at the same time and you think, and they've been going for 17 hours more than you. Uh, it was glorious weather. Absolutely, absolutely great sunshine. It had cooled down a little bit from the day before, which was good because they were, the organisers were worried that it was going to be too hot. In the briefing, they'd said, it's a bit warm this weekend. Don't don't rush too much. It's not a weekend to uh, set records. Just ignore the fact that the person who's currently leading the 100 is well under record pace. Jeez. In the end, you took off 40 minutes off the course record. I mean, that's a significant uh, PB. That is. That is a very good... Like, it, but they were right. It was not a weekend to set records, and yet some guy just turned up and smashed it. Um, it was it was just warm. It was hot. The the one advantage to that was I didn't take any layers on or off for the entire time. Hmm. I put on a sun hoodie, and that's it. That was covering, keep, keeping the sun off my neck and off my head in the day and in the hottest part of the day. And then by the night, I had long sleeves on, so I didn't need to change at all. You look hella, hella pro. We're going to have to put this in like the, or should I put it in the cover or something like this? Well, would you like to see a picture of me uh, after 50 I'll, kilometers? I would love nothing more. <laughs> so the picture you saw there is picture, it's taken around about 11 o'clock in the morning. It's all the world just needs about to see. To set off. Yeah. <laughs> just, just about to set off already, all a bit nervous. Um, and then. About 50 kilometers later and about 10 hours later, no, 12 hours later, I uh, I look like this <laughs> as I struggle to open a crisp packet. Um, Poor disheveled man. Well, I was, I think by this point I was two hours behind schedule, but um, I was okay with that. It was a bit of a shame because it meant that uh-huh. my support had been up later than, in t- later than planned, having to wait around in Ambleside. 
two hours longer than they meant to, having already spent a day there. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, there was a decision of, no, you do not need to wait for me to at the finish line. That's okay. Just go to bed. Oh, no, no, don't. You don't need to see me until the finish line. Just go to bed and then you can meet me at the finish line. I'll be there in several hours. So I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I'll, I was planning on finishing at three in the morning, but even by this point, I was like, Listen, that's not happening. I can understand, like, I can see your pain trying to open that crisp packet. Like, why don't they have it pre-opened? Give like, me, give me strength. You said that people are just going up like, do you want a cup of tea? Like, yes, I want a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, I, I remember at that checkpoint, actually, I was, I had a cup of tea. And at some point I, I, I unfortunately barged into someone and I was very apologetic because you, you kind of get to the point now where you're trying to aim to walk past someone and miss. So... I know someone, and then about two minutes later, someone nodged me and knocked half the mug of tea out of my uh, oh, half the tea out of my mug. I mean, the, the only comparison I have is uh, when I've done rogaining, which is like uh, orienteering over overnight or during the day or something. It's it's not like any physical. You're not running. Your heart beats not up. It's just continual hiking, basically. But I'm still stuffed at the end and super sore and tired and old manny, and so I have no idea. At the end, we have this. There's this thing called a hash house, and it's like a big. I'm so sad. We uh, either I wasn't into it, or we weren't doing it when you were here. You loved it, mm. but there's this thing called a hash house where they volunteers just cook up this massive feast, and you come in there with your plate, and you just like load it up, and you just smash it down. And it's just all carbs and anything, and it's <laughs> the same. They're just like, would you like, uh, would you like this cheesy toasting? Like, yes. Okay, cool. Would you like some of this stew? Yes. Would you like this? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 You do get that. like that. You yeah. get to a checkpoint and they just say, would you like it? And it doesn't matter what they say, because no. whatever they say now sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I get to one checkpoint and they're like, would you like some soup? Yes, I would love some soup. <laughs> soup is And then my- as soon as you have that first sip, you go, oh, do you know what? I need a lot more soup. <laughs> get to one where like, would you like a mixed berry smoothie? Yes, I would. <laughs> Towards the end, the, the, uh, the checkpoints got, well, I was a bit, certainly a bit longer in the checkpoints. But that's mainly because, oh, just because I got to the point of thinking I need to spend some time here and like recover a little bit. I think my main, the main thing I did wrong in my race planning was not planning how long I would be at each pit stop. I was just planning when I would leave. And then when that didn't work, like at the first checkpoint, all the competitors were still grouped together and they couldn't get the water out fast enough. So there was a massive 45 mm. minute queue just to get water, which is unfortunate. But yeah. uh, now I know to plan for that. Um, push in and there's yeah there's not well there's not much they could really do about it like they, they could they were trying to get people the water for uh, people for as quickly as possible and they were even saying to people like if you don't need any water just come straight to the front of the queue just go through the uh, little tag thing so they know you've gone through and then let's go on as you got to the end I got to the last eventually when I got to the last checkpoint the it was light but the sun hadn't quite come up and I remember I, I was getting quite slow by this point I had just walked up a hill with someone who was chatting about how he couldn't, he thought he'd walked into the the gatepost, but then he also wasn't sure if the gate was shut, but then something, something, gate, something, something. And then he kind of went quiet. And then a couple of minutes later, he just turns around to me. Was I making any sense back then? And I mean, he, he'd made a bit of sense. I was like, what? It was, you, it was a, a bit weird but no you were kind of making sense he goes I think I was asleep <laughs> so I've just been chatting to this guy who was just asleep on and walking and it, 
And then someone else on the hundred turns up who was far too chipper to be as he should have been. Like after two nights of walking, he was very cheerful. Uh, and I chatted to someone next to me saying, "I think he's actually now so deli- like he's now so deep sleep deprived, he's delirious." Oh, um, anyway, so we're walking along with these ones, and we get to the last checkpoint, which um, is three and a half miles from the end. So at this checkpoint, no, it's very the, the amount of dropouts is very low. You because you're so close to the uh-huh. finish by this point, you they're going to well. do whatever they can to get you there. This is like the uh, Olympics in the race and it's the last lap and the people fall over and they keep getting up and they fall over and mm. you just feel like shooting the person to put them down, but they just have to get <laughs> to the end. Well, so this one, they turn up and they say, is there anything I can get you? And if, uh, I just, uh, I didn't mean to say it as, as meanly as I did, but I just went, a seat. <laughs> and they, uh, they all enjoy that. So they're like, oh yeah, no, just come sit down here. Come sit down here. Okay. Right. Is there, oh, would you like a cup of tea? Yes, I'd love a cup of tea. Okay. Soup. I can love soup. We're just, yes. We're just, well, we're just chatting and then suddenly I hear someone behind me say, oh, would anyone like a cheese toasty? And suddenly everyone's just like a meerkat and just, oh, that's an option? Like, yes, I want a cheese toasty. I've been, should I've been going that. for like, yeah, I've been going for like 16 and a half hours or something by this point. I barely even know what day it is. And someone just says, oh, by the way, here's a cheese. Yes. And, oh my God, it was good. <laughs> Do you, do you go through phases about thinking about like what you'd love to eat and that's yeah. what gets you through? You do. Well, you get, you get one problem I had. Do you know who Tom Cardy is? No. He's an Australian huge, uh, musical comedian who hmm. is uh, starting to break out. And uh, I've, I've got into his music quite a lot recently. But the problem was that meant that when I was doing this race, around, from around about <laughs> nine o'clock in the evening until basically until I finished, it was just looping around in my head, oh around and around. It was like seven circles of hell of just this. Co- and I had headphones with me. My plan, the idea being, well, look, if I need to listen to some music at some point, I want, I'd rather have the headphones with me so I can listen to some music. But it never really occurred to me, like it never really got to the point of me thinking that would help. But it definitely got to the point where I was just a bit confused and my brain wouldn't focus on anything long enough to not have this song going around in my head. Yeah, bad um, luck to him. He needed like every time he thought of it to count as a play on the YouTube so he can get his he would have get a million oh, views. Yeah. yeah they were so unpaid views. views, those were. Especially seeing as it wasn't the whole song, it was just like two or three words is going around. You've downloaded that offline news. I have now. Um so anyway, I uh yeah, have a cheese toasty and at this point it's getting knackering. But uh one the one good thing of coming in late that I did get was the image that I got here. I just sent you now. Originally the plan to finish at three in the morning by actually not finishing that time. I happened to get to the top of and a sunrise. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but and it had a great sunrise. I could see across the Lake district. I could see some mountains just to see the sun poking up. And I was like, now I'm happy that I'm late <laughs> <laughs> because I would have missed this otherwise. It was all planned. It's after 19 hours. And I don't know how we're going to post this, but maybe we'll put it on Facebook or something. Here is a video of me finishing at seven in the morning. Oh, was that one before? Uh, was that a uh, a snack point? Was it like a checkpoint? Yeah, so that that was me at a checkpoint, fifty kilometers in. So, so it's like half eleven at night, and I've still got thirty kilometers to go. Like, I I I remember having a conversation of I think I still think fifty kilometers is a nice distance because I think stopping now would be really good. <laughs> Like, if the finish was here, I would not be disappointed. All right, I'll, Unfortunately, I'll, it's not. I'll hit play on this. That's you me. still had some pace to you. 
that's me. Well, I'll tell you what, that pace hadn't been there for a lot of the time. <laughs> By that point, I was on the road and I could see the finish. Is What what percentage of you is uh, when you see a crowd, you're like, I'm just going to pick up the pace so they think I've been doing this the whole time? Oh, 100%. Okay, going for yeah. Ambleside, where all the people outside the pub's cheering you on, ran... The two places I ran for a considerable amount of time was um, going through Ambleside, past all the pubs, and at the finish. That was it. That would Apart be from me. that, I was doing a lot of walking. Um, I tell you what, there were some people who finished in just over 24 hours, but they finished. They managed to time their finish so that, um, oh, definitely they did it on purpose, but they finished halfway through the presentations were, start, were going on. So they. <laughs> They got to have their medals at the front, in front of everyone on the main stage. Oh, nice. That was really nice. Um, but yeah, after so finished at seven o'clock, filtered through, had, I must have eaten something. I can't remember what. I think I've given some food. And uh, just, I was like, bed, 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 bed. Wake me up in time for the presentation so that we can go and sit there and do that. What's been going on in the town of Cal, Texas? A bloody lot has been happening. and. It's gearing up to be the the big time for the town. It is the annual Kickstarter coming up, which is uh, the big calendar event. And we've, we've actually had like a busy couple of months because things were delayed with, with obviously COVID and lockdowns and stuff. But we recently had a local comic festival, which was probably my best event yet. And it was pretty awesome having like a, it's kind of like imagine like an artist alley in a comic con, so it was all run by the local people. And five years ago, I thought I was the only person drawing cartoons and comics in Perth, so that was definitely uh, me just not knowing like when they say the network, the local network. And I still don't really know them, but uh, there was a lot of pit. There was like three rooms full of people and just constant foot traffic. It was it was quite surprising. So yeah, great event. It's always fun to have like. Uh, it's very rare to see reactions from people reading stuff. So it's uh it's very uh fun and and addicting seeing people see your work for the first time and then smile or shake their head or um parents picking up a zine thinking it's child friendly and then quickly realizing it's not. That's uh <laughs> I learned learned that I had to put a sign saying this one's for ad- for the parents, for the grown ups, <laughs> not for you. <laughs> Nothing worse than a six-year-old picking up this thing and the dad's overlooking it. And I said, ah, oh, I think this one's not not suitable for you. Because cartoons attract children. That's the problem that I've got. Because they're used to them. They see cartoons and they go, oh, this exactly. is a thing for me, right? And yeah. you have to explain to them, no, some, carto- some cartoons are for grown-ups. Yeah, that's exactly the phrase that some parents said, which was th- thankfully. Because there are more adult cartoons on TV now, which is... Which is good, at least. But uh, yeah, this one guy shook his head when he was just reading it himself. I was like, "Oh, what? What strip's that?" Because I forget all the strips I've even written. And he goes, "Oh, it's the one about human centipede." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not child friendly." <laughs> it was one where a doctor like um, put four together, and he's like, "Connect four. <laughs> uh... They're like, "Oh, I completely forget." Because I look at the zines like, "Yeah, they're probably fine for kids, probably." <laughs> I'm not going to read through all. Thinking about this, so yeah. I can't remember all the ones I want. Yeah, I'm not going to read through all hundred of them just to double check for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, how many, that's how many comics have you done now? Do you have a counter? Yeah, I've got. On, let me look at the six hundred and 
97. Wow, we're really close to 700. I didn't realize we're that close to the milestone. <laughs> should pay attention to that. And that's, uh, but then there's all the calendar images that aren't counted towards that. So there's probably like six years times 12. So we're probably getting towards 800. But yeah, bloody lot. But only like uh, the last half were probably worthy of being printed before that. They're like, <laughs> you know, learning the craft, which has been fascinating. So that was, uh, that was cool. I got another event this weekend. So I'm slowly getting used to standing awkwardly in front of my work and saying, please acknowledge. Please say I'm good and also spend money. Um, so that's that's been fun. Uh, man, actually, a lot's been happening. I I just just finished last week and my hands are exhausted. Uh, a friend, um, they used to play Frisbee with us, which might have been here when you were here. Did you ever remember a guy from New Zealand called Gordy? Uh, yeah, he – I met him I, the first year I think I was there and then he moved okay. away. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I, to be good, yeah. I remember how long he was here for, you know, just known for a Frisbee and he's back in New Zealand now. And he, he does, uh, for quite a while, he was running like one of the best uh, Frisbee tourneys in New Zealand. His like family's got property and I think they had a beach and grass fields and stuff. And it was like a camping place. And, and anyway, people really loved it. Never got to go. But uh, he also, over the time, designed jerseys and discs and stuff. So he's learnt, he's met a lot of artist friends along the way and he's he's making a an anthology book based on his stories as a rideshare driver and he's like got some fascinating stories and so he's like commissioning uh his different artist friends to do a little different story of each of his stuff and so up until now i've only ever drawn recently i drew my first ever single page and that took me like a week because up until now, it's either do a full cartoon for the calendar or a strip. And so, they're very, they're very clear boundaries of, of what makes it up. And so, he said, oh, I've got this idea for a seven-page comic. Would you like to do it? I was like, man, I'd, a year ago, he asked me. I was like, I don't think I can technically do it. Even though I've been drawing for a while, this is like, uh, this is next level, like sequential storytelling, graphic novel. I don't know. But it's just got to a stage where I've kind of accumulated enough skills to give it a crack. And I just finished last week. It took two months of on and off. I think I did all the maths for it. And I think it uh, took me about 60 hours of drawing, which is uh, bum in seat time. It, it works out to be about nine hours a page. And uh, when I look at all the averages of, of what people do, because I have no idea, right? Like I'm just doing it myself and giving it my best. And I'm definitely a bit faster now that I've... Learned all the things not to do, that's for sure, when you repeat the <laughs> error seven times. Um, I could probably do it a tiny bit faster, but it's a pretty ballpark because there's a lot of things you have to do. Like I was given the script and the storyboards, but you have to pencil it and then you obviously get approvals and then do changes. And then you have to ink it and then color it and then shade it and then uh, put lettering on it. And then all these steps just take time. And whenever you got to do multiple of something, anything that you haven't factored for in the first one now explode in overtime. And so uh, it, it did, I was pretty happy in the end with the, with the time is probably what I expected, but yeah, seven pages and it, it's bloody gorgeous. Uh, hopefully I'll have to find out what my, uh, cause it was a job for someone else. You know, it's not, I don't own it now. It's, it's his I'll have to find out what, uh, what I can do with that. It's, it's like, uh, Currently, the best work I can do and the most ambitious thing I've done, 
I definitely got impatient. Like uh, when you can finish a strip in like two hours, three hours, when you have to do 60 hours and something, bloody hell, like it took forever. And because I was streaming the whole thing, I think it ended up being like 12 streams. You're like, hey, guys, welcome back. We're doing the same thing we did last time and the same thing we did the time before. But uh, no, super happy with it. It's uh, right up my alley. It's a poop joke one. And um, no, it was, it was really cool collaborating on it and being uh, – being a cog in the wheel of how how a comic place would do. So that happened and then just finished it in time to gear up for next month. Well, which is probably this month when you're hearing this. It's uh, September, which is Kickstarter month. And I think this is my sixth year where I do a calendar of my latest 12 full-page comics. And, I've definitely uh, got quite a collection of Caltex's calendars going on. It was only I think it was this year when I started realising like, I was like, I had a pile of them, and there's only where I was look, just I was looking through them, going, "Wait, this one's from like actually years ago." This, yeah, um, kind of. It, that's when the coin drops of, well, yeah. If you keep on getting them every year, then you're gonna like they're getting quite old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if you ever flicked through those first ones. And all I can think is, <laughs> man, my, I'm so thankful that you're a, a friend of mine that like, um, <laughs> supported me and had faith in me. Because to be honest, like if like friends like you hadn't got in those first few, which to be frank, now that I look back, even though I thought that was my best work then, they're horrible. And like you wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have continued. And now they're definitely better. And in another five years, they'll definitely be better than now. It's the only way you get better is by, by keep doing it. But you just need that, um, that support to like say, keep going. Like we won't tell you you suck, but keep going. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with editing the podcast where, I it, I listened back to an older episode um, recently, oh. and at the time I thought it was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. But now I listen back to it, and I've just got so many things where I can hear like the sound quality is bad and the editing, and I wouldn't do it. And it it definitely takes like I'm now quicker than I used to be, but now I also do things in a slightly different way, which means that everything takes a bit longer. So it kind of averages out to maybe about eight hours a podcast but yeah if we hadn't had the encouragement at the start then we wouldn't still be doing it and there has been improvement as we keep them going on 100 percent, yeah with like the longer projects and not knowing how long they would take i think if we were to so we've always recorded i think n- nearly always released episodes around an hour long sometimes they've been mm-hmm. a bit longer every now and then though. sometimes they've been a little bit shorter but not by much but i think if we were to say try and release a 20 minute episode or a 30 minute episode. I don't think we'd save that much time mm-hmm. because the process is doesn't, isn't set up to do it like that. There's still steps that you have to do regardless. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, some of them don't take very long. And I think the biggest step is probably when I go through doing the final edit, tidying up all the little things. And there's probably a level of how perfectionist do you want or need to be? And that's a, that's a fine line which I understand is that like yeah. you want to make it the best you can. But I also want to release it. Yeah, it's that 20% that takes 80% of the time. Yeah. And then there's like, so, you know, we have the amount of uh, extra production we have. So we don't have any music in the middle of the episode and we don't have um, too much chopping and changing around. So there, there's definitely, you know, there could be more time spent on editing it, but we... Yeah, we just have the process that goes about what we're doing. But say we want, if we were going to do a 
10 hour miniseries. God knows how long that would take. Probably mm-hmm. more than a year. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we're getting a, a good process and we can probably always find room for improvement. It's mm-hmm. um, definitely like uh, after we finish recording, I'm like, ah, oh, it was a great conversation. Like, will it be a good podcast? I have no idea. But every time I listen to it, like, editing is awesome. <laughs> it does. It makes it uh, makes it sound like an actual an actual thing. It's and it, I think it's showing because the. I mean, we both checked the stats, and it, um, this year's gone crazy, huh? Like it's uh, it's on track. Like all you people that are listening, we have no idea why you do, but uh, thanks a lot. You start to get the feeling of like, you know, when you listen to podcasts and you, you feel like you know the person, even though you've never met them, um, you start, you start to, it starts to dawn on you. It's like, wow, we, if people are actually listening to this, we are actually that person for them, which is such a weird thought because for a large percentage of this entire podcast project, it's just me talking to you and not even thinking about them. It would be great to have more interaction with those listening but at the same time like that's not really what we've done in the past so Mm -hmm. it would be a change yeah for the people listening like we uh we've already like passed last year's stats um probably passed it halfway during the year and we're almost we're probably set to pass our best year yet in uh by the end of the year i put my first uh quote in for a for another job that got offered a much bigger job um so that was a whole fun process learning about uh how to quote a job and and applying for it so we'll see how that goes but uh i've got this huge tome here it's the graphic artist guild handbook to pricing and ethical guidelines it's a nice quick read um about 500 pages you could use that to weigh down quite a few things Man, I could kill a man with that. But uh, learning a lot, <laughs> learning a lot. Um, so yeah, and then uh, yeah, this week, actually today, as we record, um, I'm setting up the campaign because by the time you hear it, it'll be all out. So all the graphics on the page are done merely hours after recording this. But it uh, this year is going to be a bit, a few extra fun things which I haven't been able to do in the past. Kickstarter is slowly evolving their platform. Like now you can release the URL beforehand and people can go on a wait list, which is exciting because it means that when it launches, Kickstarter sends an email out to these people and says like, it's ready to go now. And so the good thing about that is that those people might pledge early, which means by the time I do my public quote unquote launch um, to the social medias and newsletter and things like that, there's already some people that have backed the campaign. So the campaign has a bit of credibility. Otherwise, in the past, you've just launched it and it says $0 and yeah. no one wants to be the first person. So it's always tough. You kind of need to like prime the pump a little bit. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, this year, uh, you've probably had a lot with backer kit, huh? Probably done a lot with that. Uh, I, as a recovering Kickstarter addict, yes, I have, I've never <laughs> way around backer. Backer yeah, I, I don't. I'm not particularly fond of backer kit, and luckily Kickstarter have actually added this functionality native into Kickstarter. So you pledge for something, and you can actually have add-ons at checkout, and you can put whatever add-ons you want. This is what backer kit as a service. It's another website that used to come in where they 
take a nice cut from you, but they'd let you let the customer be able to add extra stuff. And so what I'm able to do this time is do um, add-ons and I'll probably do things that I've been selling at markets like uh, prints and zines and postcards and stuff, um, which before I've done in my own hacky way on my own website, but now I can have it all streamlined. And hopefully I'll look into some pricing today, but I may be able to get the zines to be um, full color because uh, if I order enough bulk, I can get it at a much cheaper rate because paper print, it's, it's too much individually. But with a bit of, now that I'm going to a few more markets, you know, if I can sell enough on Kickstarter, um, I can afford a little print run, which will be a fun new experiment. So stay tuned. It could be fun. So if, if you're hearing this, what you should do is head to cowtexas.com forward slash Kickstarter or search for Cow Texas on the Kickstarter website, however you want. There'll be links, like there'll be a thousand links over the next month. Uh, just click on any of them <laughs> and uh, yeah, come check it out. At least have a read of the page. I'd be really appreciative. Um, I'm super proud of how the calendar's looking this year. It's definitely my best work. And so uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So check it out. I mean, I need, to, I need to get a new Kickstarter calendar because I've only just changed the one over at the office. Oh no, not getting all the times worth out of it. Well, I'm not really because I had one, I have one on my desk in the office where I haven't really spent much time since February oh, true, last yeah. year. I've been in the office six days or something in that time or something. And uh, when I did eventually remember to take this year's in, I think the last year's one was still on September. <laughs> it's, it's kind I'm, of a, yeah. Well, not only was it, what not only was the last one on September, I was putting it up on June. So hmm. a lot of that calendar didn't get any use, but the ones at home have. <laughs> Nothing would tell your business is stuck in a, sorry, your workplace is stuck in a time hmm. vortex and seeing your calendar from <laughs> the last year. Oh, well, it's, it's, I mean, I mentioned it before how weird it is going into the office when it was just sort of like, it just felt abandoned, like in a, like, uh, like in a film that you may have been watching recently in a, in a apocalyptic film and stuff, but uh -huh. it, it was, it is still kind of like that, but also recovering. So yes, I, I will need to get myself a new calendar for next year. And oh. I know exactly where I'm going to go to get it. Well, it is appreciated for sure. I don't know why I'm on Kickstarter now. Like there's going to be a calendar. <laughs> I look at, let's look at the one from last year. I annoyingly, uh, as, as I was getting ready to make the campaign, I had to check on because uh, last year I had a little surprise when I got to the post office, which is not the time you want a surprise because you've oh. already collected all the pledges and you've already packaged everything. Uh, they said to me when I arrived last year that these international ones could no longer be sent as a letter parcel. They had to be sent as a package because um, usually calendars can be gotten away with just because it's paper. And uh, they're like a parcel. I'm like, Really? This is, I've never heard of this. And like, yeah, it's just this year, COVID, I don't know. So it's this blanket rule. And so all these international orders, not only was the price significantly more that I hadn't, hadn't charged for, I had to redo, I had to make all like immigration, no immigration, um, declaration forms Customs. for all of them. Yeah. 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 For the, for the post, it was, it was such a hassle. So I rang up yesterday and I was like, I'll call the headquarters and find out what's the deal. Like this happened last year. Is it still this year? And the response I got was pretty much, we have no idea what you got told. That's not in any of our paperwork. It should be all letters. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I got absolutely conned. 
Can't believe it. What an absolute pain in the ass. No, no, for this year. Yeah, it's just uh, all fun things like that. Having having backed like too many of those RPG zines this year, like 15 of them, I've got to see all the updates from all of them. And uh, it's, a lot of them were first-time Kickstarter campaigns. And I felt sorry for a lot of them because they there's a whole bunch of hurdles and a roller coaster, especially if you haven't finished a product and you've the Kickstarter ends. Now you have to actually do the work of finishing the product and then shipping it, which is another whole project. So there's all these delays and and you see a whole bunch of them. Like one had printed them all like bulk printing, but not proofread the changes after making some last minute changes. Oh, no. And so like all the images didn't get inserted. They're all like placeholders because they didn't reload because maybe they moved the folder on their computer or something like that. And so the entire print run was useless. Like how devastating would that be? <laughs> This is why it's better to work digital media. Yeah, no, for sure. There is definitely, like, you wouldn't believe how much I proofread these calendars. Imagine if we did, like, a vinyl run of the podcast. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, we we gave them the wrong file. (laughs) Oh, that's that's not actually the final cut. That one's still got all the the bit in it we had to cut out. Oh, God. Yeah, the good thing about RSS feed is that, like, you can edit things. It's, uh, if people are downloaded, it's done. But, uh, yeah, there is some... Some way to come back from it. I mean, with the posting thing, we've also like that's one of the big barriers we've had with making merch for puppies and watermelon. Yeah, it's it's just shipping. It's such a, a barrier for anything. Yeah, like I, I think there's a, a place, and I think it's slowly getting here where there needs to be. A, you, you need a massive company that has headquarters in different continents. Like, uh, the problem is these companies that have places in different, uh, com- com- continents, sorry, they're not actually connected. So like if a printing place is in Europe, like in London and America and Australia, they've got the different versions of the website, but you kind of have to do it separately. You kind of want to say like, Hey company, I want to make this thing send, uh, you organize the logistics kind of like how Amazon, when you buy secondhand books, yeah. they figure out which warehouses to get it from and send it to you. You kind of needed the opposite where like we come to you and say, we want this thing. Can you please distribute it to the closest warehouses and and distribute it that way? Like it'll cost more upfront, but you save the money because of quantity of domestic packages. Like if, yeah, if it can make it more commercially viable where we can say, here's a t-shirt design. Can you make it so that it's available in Australia, Europe and America. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like every country. It just has to be the, the hubs. And I, th- I think that kind of thing's coming, but it's uh, still a little while off, which is, it's just, yeah, it's the annoying thing. Unless you had people in uh, different countries, like warehouses that were, maybe that's the thing people end up doing, have, being like fulfillment centers, but uh, for well, different- dropshipping's definitely the, the big thing for it, but I don't think, I think having- the problem with dropshipping is that you need to have enough people in each location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to work it. For so, sure. like, you could do it for, say, the states, or you could do it for the UK or Australia. But to try do it for all of them is where it mm-hmm. gets really tricky. Mm-hmm. Now, like, there's this cool product that I got. It's essentially a deck of cards. It's like a, this RPG product, and and there's this thing called Drive Through RPG. It's a website, and they do like print on demand deck of cards awesome feature and you can get a deck of card uh you can 
I think I purchased it for like 25, 30 bucks, which is pretty interesting, pretty affordable for a um, custom deck of cards for a, a certain game. But the problem was shipping was like just as expensive as the deck because yeah. they have to do it individually from from wherever. And it's like, oh, God damn it. Now, now that's an expensive deck of cards. It's just the way it is. That's what I've had with getting hold of certain copies of certain games or expansions or something where you go, well, you see, I can only get it in the States, which means I don't have to import it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You got to do with taxes. That's another story. It's just just yeah. the problem with when you're trying to get a really niche product. Fortunately for calendars, as I've found out, which I've, I'm learning is that I can have it as a, um, it can be packed slim in a letter thing and it can, and it can avoid, well, now I know we can avoid package rates. I was so close uh, to backing a game on Kickstarter the other day and it was the same thing as shipping. The game was not bad. It was going to be like 50 bucks for the game. I was like, okay, I can deal with this, but it was going to be $90 for the shipping. And I was like, that's, that's, but I watched the campaign. I watched it count down to zero. And the whole time I was at checkout going, do I do it? Do I not do it? <laughs> I should reward myself. I don't need to reward myself. <laughs> I had all the emotional roller coaster, and it ended up not getting it. I was so sad because at this point it was midnight. And I'm like, what am I doing up? <laughs> I need to like, you made the decision. You, sh- you know, you shouldn't get it, but then you're trying to convince yourself why you should. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I feel by that point you by that point you've made the decision, but you're trying to you're hoping someone else will make a different decision for you. Uh huh. I just need the wind to blow my finger on the mouse, and then I had no control about it. I just need. Oh, it wasn't to- my fault. Yeah, I accidentally added it to cart. Right. Well, we should probably uh, we should probably start wrapping things up. Hey, Baxter, you got a quote? I do. In fact, I mean, huh. I, d- I can't say I can attribute it to anywhere because it's just something I found on Reddit. Spending a large amount of time on Reddit, you get, you get a, a lot of random quotes from different places that you, get, you don't know where they come from. Oh, this isn't just like a random comment, because I get a lot of Reddit comments about my my comics, and uh, I save them in a document <laughs> for you <laughs> at a later stage. I'm going to put it as a blurb. So this is an actual quote, not a, a person saying you suck. It was, uh, if you quit now, you'll end up right back where you started. And when you first began, you were desperate to be where you are right now. Keep going. I don't know the attribution, but I'd say that's the kind of mindset. When um, so we spoke about the late and fifty, and a lot a question you often get when you do these kind of things is why? Uh, why do you keep on doing it, and how do you keep yourself from going? And uh, uh, apart from the fact that I can't really ex- actually explain why, it doesn't go much further than because I want to, uh, and I, I want to so much that when you're tired and you're exhausted and the sun's starting to come up and you haven't slept. There isn't a consideration of I can stop because you haven't finished. So you just keep on going because by that point you're well, not only are you invested and you're closer to the finish line when you started, but it's the process of putting in the work to get the reward that is the is the appeal. So when you're struggling with something and you're worried wondering why you're doing it, just remember that when you started you wanted to get to where you are now. So when you're doing your nice long comics and you're 60 odd hours once you're 30 odd hours in that's no time to stop is it that's exactly right yeah so whatever you're whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're working grifting away at keep on going it's gonna be worth it yeah i think that's just because like uh when you're doing something you personally only see the incremental stuff but for instance when we catch up we see like the leapfrogging like we see like what happened a month ago or a month before that 
and like some things have actually happened in between then. But in the meantime, you're like, oh, I've just been plugging away. Nothing, nothing really has happened. And it's true. I like it. What should everyone do after listening to the episode? I'm going to steal this uh, opportunity to promote the URL again because people need to be here at seven times before they do anything. So you guys need to go to cowtexas.com forward slash Kickstarter and uh, enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're going to do. Just uh, just go to the link and then your job is done. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, hope you have a hope you enjoy at least seeing the, the 12 cartoons that are in the calendar. But after you've done that... Um, <laughs> Hopefully this episode gets out. I mean, I'll try and make sure it does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I don't know what, Merry Christmas or something? We'll see when yeah. it gets released. Yeah, something like that.